words. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with my, enough words? The word I, the word that no one's using enough is blumpkin. You know what that is? <laughs> That's a blowjob when you're on the toilet. That's right, man. These kids don't know. <laughs> yeah. Nobody uses those terms anymore. All right. Thank you, uh, Pocket. Thank you, guys. All right. Nothing wrong with a blumpkin now and then. Imagine what is a that girl game that you were playing called something against. Imagine a girl blowing a guy while he's taking a dump. We about... talked to a girl who did that. That's disgusting. You know how bad guys smell when they take a dump? Anybody smells. Hey, let me take a break. And then let me What is that game though? Something against the world that you play with your kids. Oh, uh, yeah, I played that with the girls on Thanksgiving. It was uh my girls like to play that game. By girls, I mean my daughters. They're actually women now. But yeah, I don't have a harem that I play. Cards, <laughs> cards Against Humanity or something like that? Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. I, I'm always trying to hold on to that. I've never played it, but I guess that's where you could get a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Cards Against Humanity, because it's all about what words mean. With the kids, the kids. Yeah. Kids. I, 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 the kids. <laughs> the kids. I got to talk to you about a bunch of stuff. I got a lot to go, and then we got our guests coming in. Let me let me uh, take a, a break. Yeah, but I got Yeah, I got to take a break. No, I couldn't talk last week. I, I was know. very frustrated. You were all bottled up. <laughs> you croaked out a few things. You got your words in. All right, we'll be back right after these words. Listen to this. Uh, Jesus Christ! What day is it? Monday. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, we got uh, guests coming in. Who I never thought I'd see together. That'll be a little later. And it should be a rolling good time, actually. I suggest you stay tuned. And uh, I was going to talk to you. I got a phony phone call here. I was going to talk to you about. Uh, you Did you hear about this Mike Francesca fart saga that's going on? No. Yeah, that's pretty good. Maybe I'll talk to you about that. Just going to catch up. Last week, Mike Francesa. I don't. I, again, I don't know Mike Francesa. I don't listen to sports radio. The only thing I know is what I read in the paper. And the guy is very successful in sports radio. But now he's thinking of leaving again. He leaves regularly and then comes back to the radio station. But last week, and he, he didn't seem to uh, tell anybody this new plan. Yeah, it was just very odd. And and as a fan of radio and radio announcers, I find his. His business plan, very, very strange, like to announce you're leaving, and but when he just told the radio station he was staying, and the, the, no one seems to know what this guy's doing. But anyway, the fart saga is this. Mike Francesca abruptly announced he was leaving his afternoon drive show, and he said he wanted to be around his family more and gave no other details. And the day before his announcement, <clears throat> excuse me, Mike was discussing the Jets coach when he may have farted. Hmm. Now, I have a clip here. I boosted the audio so you can hear it more clearly in case you're in your car. But you be the judge as to whether he farted. I understand how much work they put into this, especially NFL head coaches. But when you cannot function, when you're not functioning as a franchise. <laughs> That's a fart, right? That's a fart. Yeah. What else would that be? I know farts. I'm fart man. I'm fartman. <laughs> That's not a sound you make with your mouth. So here's the here's the saga. Someone posted the audio audio on social media. I mean, if it happened to me, I'd be like, yeah, I farted. I wish I had done it louder. That's good radio. Uh, someone posted the audio on social media, 
And this led the Daily News, the newspaper, to post an online article about it. Oh, really? Yeah. And a listener called into Mike Francesca's show to inform him about the article. When you were ripping Adam Gase, you know, I just wanted to know what your thoughts were. The Daily News came out with an article that you ripped a fart. I just want to know your point on what you... Uh, What what are you talking about? (laughs) I mean, I don't know what... You're just a moron. I mean... That guy sounds miserable. He should quit very Awful. Yeah, he sounds like he's trying to hold one in, actually, every time he talks. I wish, that, that's the guy Mad Dog worked with. Yeah. I wish Mad Dog would come in and tell me what it was really like to work with the guy. That would be a very interesting interview. But I think Mad Dog is a, like a diplomat and doesn't want to. He's never going to tell. Mad Dog should come in here like a man and tell me what that whole situation was. Because from what I understand, it was contentious. But I don't think Mad Dog would have ever left Mike. But Mike left him. Oh, is it? I thought Mad Dog left Mike. He came here. Am I wrong? I think he, huh? I think Mad Dog left Mike. I think Gary knows more about this, but I thought that Francesa did something I don't and know. and went off and did it without Mike, and that sort of broke them up. I don't think so. I think I think that um that Chris was just ready to leave. I don't think there's any specific... I think he was ready to leave because he couldn't take it anymore. But there wasn't a specific incident. I mean, they used to fight all the time when they first started. And then... You know what you should do, Gary? Get a, a lawyer to get us a subpoena and subpoena Mad Dog to come in here and, and, <laughs> and answer. He will never tell you the truth. Well, He's it's, just, it's just not in his uh, Even under oath? You have to come in under oath the next time he comes in. <laughs> tell me no more coming in here and promoting his show unless he comes in and gives us the real story. Anyway, so getting back to the farts, fart gate. Yes. So then someone, There's more to this yeah, story? Yeah, someone in Francesca's crew put the article in front of him. Francesa read the headline and spent the next few minutes denying up and down that he farted. Now, anytime a guy's on the radio denying that he farted, I, I got to listen. He probably farted. Yeah. He didn't replay the situation and say what yeah. that was, did I he? I say he farted. Now, Mons, what are you sending me a headline that says what? They actually wrote a headline that said that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait a second. I'm going to read the headline. Mike Francesa appears to rip, fought while ripping Adam Gase. Now, Here's the thing. The five-minute morning, which Anthony tapes in the morning, first of all, I, 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 it didn't happen. It's a complete lie, which Daily News lies all the time. Secondly, oh. Anthony has to tape that and put it up. If we had something happen, why would we put it up? It's not on live, you morons. So if that ever happened, we would stop tape. First of all, it would never happen, number one. Secondly, how would you – so you're telling me you heard the noise? I mean, just to show you the garbage that these guys write. Francesca continued his denial for at least six minutes. But wait a minute. He's saying they're not live? He's saying whatever that tape is, that it's a part of the show that is not live. It's pre-taped, and therefore they would have edited out a fart. But my point is, maybe they didn't hear it. You know how lazy guys are. Absolutely. The F word gets through sometimes. Six minutes he went on about this. And they're told to write this stuff so they can get page hits. It's probably the guy who called. It's probably the guy who wrote it. Because all it's about, folks, is getting page clicks. And people jump on stuff with my name on it. So they create something like that, which never, ever happened. But they do it all the time. 
all the time they make stuff up all the time so when the president unfortunately talks fake news he's not lying and it's all started because of social media so it just shows you how ridiculous that is (laughs) i I just you know what don't even go they just go to radio.com get the stuff and listen to it for yourself okay there's nothing on there that even i mean if they put something like that in they created it themselves (laughs) because <laughs> it never, ever happens. I swear my kids never happen. <laughs> the kids. Well, why wouldn't uh, he listen to it? Exactly. Harvey Weinstein spent less time denying rape. That was six-minute denial. Let's listen again. I understand how much work they put into this, especially NFL head coaches. But when you cannot function, mm. when you're not functioning <laughs> as a franchise. I heard it. <laughs> well, the one thing in Mike's favor, uh, from what, and I'm a fart expert, usually there's a little pause because you're pushing Between out air. What and what? But it, it, in other words, it, you think he should have stopped talking? Yeah, he like, yeah. Sometimes talking? my farting stops me in my tracks because I want to make sure I don't <laughs> shit my pants. You know what I mean? There's always a little beep. But sometimes they, they just slip out. <laughs> They can slip out, but you usually, it's an involuntary response. You kind of like pause, you know, like, like here with his way it should have sound. I'll say the rain in Spain and on Spain, Fred, you hit the fart sound. The rain in Spain. Wait till I finish the word Spain. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. You see, you'd hear that pause, Robin. Right. But what I'm saying is I've heard people <laughs> accidentally they don't know it's coming out or they think it's going to be silent, you know, yeah. like it's not yeah. that big a deal. <laughs> and then it makes a noise. They are right in the middle of something. They don't pause. Usually they try to get louder to cover it up. <laughs> I wish more people would fart on the air. It's hilarious. Now, here's another yeah, I possible. I don't know why he doesn't see that as funny. Yeah, Well, you know, he's trying to be. He's serious. like, it's a tragedy. He's trying to be an adult. Here's another possible fart during a recent episode of Hardball with Chris Matthews. Here you go. The president directed that activity according to this memorandum today. Ken. Yes, Chris. And and in fact, you know, Michael Cohen already stood up in court and said that when he pleaded guilty to these charges in the Southern District of New York. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite thing. That should be the breaking news sound, like when, you know, when, like, something important is <laughs> like we got to interrupt something. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Brent in Florida. Hi, Brent. Hey, um, I know who's coming in today. Who? I think it's easy. It's um, uh, Eddie Van Halen and Sammy Hagar. That's a good oh. guess. That's a good guess. Never thought I'd see those two together. Exactly. Or, no. or it could be, like, uh, John Bon Jovi. And Richie Sambora. That's a good guess. Another good guess. That's a good guest. That's a good guess. It's going to be something on that out. Honestly, um, our guess, I think it would be more likely that you saw John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora together than our next guests. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, it's got to be someone. I, I think it's rock, and I think it's two people from a band that haven't gotten along. Could be right. But you could be wrong. Or as Billy Joe says, you may be right. Or, or you, you may, may be, be crazy. Wrong. Or you may be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Billy said that all many right. years ago. Well, that's all I got. All right. Well, okay. uh, that'll happen at 9 o'clock and you'll know. Okay. Thank all you. right.
I'm just doing the guessing game thing because A builds anticipation and B my guests have said, "Hey, let's let's do this thing together." And I'm excited about it. I really am. Well, how's um, this going to happen? I mean, it's going to happen. Are they just going to walk in? I haven't thought it through, Robin, honestly. All right. I'll think of it like <laughs> when it happens. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's a good question. Should have thought of that. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Exactly. All right, let me take a break, Rob. We'll be back right after these words. Everybody's guessing who's coming in in about 20, 25 minutes. <laughs> let me see. I like to hear the guesses. Let's see who yeah. people think it is. As I said, uh, our guests today are coming in. I never thought I'd see them in here together. Uh, let's see what people have to say. Who do you think it is, Mike? Oh, it's easy. George Takei, uh, Bill Shatner. That's a great guess. <laughs> that is a great fucking guess. <laughs> wow. That is a really good guess. I hope that's who it is. Me so too. Long, long time for You know, Bill, you were very mean to me. <laughs> uh, many years. You, uh, uh, Georgie, I didn't even know you. But you did know me. We worked together. You were not a big player on Star Trek. Excuse me for not paying enough attention to you. You stole every scene you were in, and you had them do rewrites <laughs> and write me out of the show. Uh, let me see a couple more guesses, and then I get to some other stuff. Yeah, Bob. Hey, now. I invited you to my wedding, and you didn't even bother to RSVP. Hey, now. I never got the invite. Francesca and Russo. <laughs> Shit, you figured it out. <laughs> no, it's Francesca and his fart. <laughs> right. Very good. Right. Thank you. Is that it? Yeah, no, no it's not. But, <laughs> but it was funny. Okay, man. Bye. Got another guess? Guess not. Yeah, Neil Young and uh, Neil Young and. Um, David, David Crosby? Crosby? <laughs> Neil Young and anybody. Yeah. Neil and, Young and David Crosby would be, yes, that, you see, that, now you're, that would be a miracle. And, you uh, know what? I watched that uh, document. What? Neil Young, I think, kind of teased with, uh, I don't know, it's out there in the news that he said that there might, they might get back together. Neil Young's had it with David Crosby. David uh, insulted Daryl Hannah, who is Neil Young's girlfriend, and... Like, Neil just threw in the towel with uh, David. He just said, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. Fuck you. I saw that documentary this weekend, Howard. And by the way, David has said that was the dumbest fucking thing I could have said. And, of course. Said he could have, should have kept his mouth shut. Yeah. But he was on our show and he was riffing. And But I love David. I love Neil. I love I love that whole band. And they don't love each other. That's the sad part. And the, and the thing is, all their music is about loving each other, which is so great. <laughs> it's one thing to sing about it. It's another thing to live it. To live it, yes. Right. All right. Anyway, uh, well, you guys will know in a couple of minutes. You'll see. It's it's good. Really good. It's actually Donald Trump and Rosie O'Donnell. They're coming in together. It's actually the Bloods and the Crips. They're actually going to all come in together and settle their differences. That would be great, too. Right. It's going to be very cool. Remember I was going to solve that when I first learned about the gangs? I was the gonna, East Coast, West Coast. East Coast, West Coast. I, I was yeah. going to have a symposium on the air and solve everything. <laughs> but nobody took me up on it. No, we had something. We had somebody in, but I don't know who they were. <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to do with anything. Uh... I'll let, I'll have one more guess. And then we'll... Yes. Hello. 
Yeah, Frank. Yeah, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. That would be good, wouldn't what it? What about him? No. <laughs> how, about, in there. how about China and Taiwan? Think <laughs> of that. Yes, Brenda? Hi, Howard. I love this guessing. I don't know why. Um, hello. Um, I think it's Joey and Mary Buttafuoco. That's good. Never thought They're I'd see them. They're back together. Right. <laughs> well, they were on 2020. I think they are going to have a reality show. Interesting. Could be. As I said, our next guest, I never thought I'd see the day. And it's going to be good. Okay. Thank okay. you. Love, love you, Howard. Love you. It's actually the Israelis and the Palestinians are coming in to sign a document <laughs> that says they are never going to fight again. Wow. Yeah. Everyone's excited about it. Yeah. Actually, our next guest, I might as well tell you now who it is. It's Dracula and Van Helsing. They've come to some sort of understanding. It's Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff. I never thought I'd see the day of Van Helsing in the studio with me. My one enemy who can defeat me. That Karloff. <laughs> the, uh... It's the Pope and Marilyn Manson. <laughs> it's actually Coca-Cola and Pepsi. They're going to merge on our show. Ooh. Yeah. Because people will finally realize it's the same fucking drink. That'll be big. They're not the same. Drink. They are. They are. No, I had an opportunity it is. not too long ago to have a sip of Coke and a sip of Pepsi not far apart. Yeah. And they're not the same drink. It's actually going to be Larry King and all eight of his wives in one <laughs> studio together. It's going to blow your fucking mind. Yeah. Oh, hey, Bobo. You're such a pussy, Bobo. I got that uh, voicemail. I guess it was. What, well, what was voicemail? it? It was uh, Shuli interviewing you or something. I don't know if I want yeah. to get into this now, though. It's a bit of a. Bobo I had a. going to die, Howard. You're Dad. a fucking moron. I got to really say it, Bobo. I got to call you out. The way you were carrying on. So listen to this, Robin. Okay. I'll get into it real quick. I'll try and buzz through it. Bobo, you got to fucking man up a little bit. Oh, how? The pain was unbelievable. It was off the charts. Bobo recently bit his fingernail down too far, so it got infected. Okay. A doctor had to poke his finger with a needle and drain it. Shuli was on the phone with Bobo while the procedure was happening and recorded Bobo's reaction. And, Bobo, it couldn't have been that painful that you're sitting. I mean, I think you're so anxious to get airtime that you were carrying on in the doctor's office. He must have thought you were a maniac. No, absolutely not. I'm going to tell you something. I had a severe staph infection, Howard. It went in my hand up to my arm. Here's Bobo. Here's Bobo at the doctor's office. How does, the, how does something get that bad, Bobo? I, I let it go, Robin. I, I thought it was I was washing my hands in dog shit. <laughs> Listen to this. This is Bobo. It, it, this is why I'm saying the, the overacting is ridiculous. It's not. Ah! 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 Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, oh. Ah! Oh, ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> Sounds like Bobo's fucking his vacuum cleaner. Ah, uh, uh, oh man. 
Have you ever gone to the doctor? Uh, you had, you were operated on for cancer for 12 hours. Did you sound like that? Right. I've never sounded like exactly. that. I've broken my wrist. Never sounded like that. Let me right. tell you something. They don't give you anything, Howard. And what do, what do you need? Experiences. I mean, You're totally wrong. A thousand percent. I would take a lie detector. Why, did you, why were you on the phone with Shuli if you were that concerned? All right. This is what happened. All right. I was in the office. Shuli happened to call me. Okay, and I said, right. Julie, I'm in the doctor's office right now. I'm going to have a procedure on my finger. He goes, I said, I'll leave it on. He goes, oh, man, you're a trooper. You would do that? I go, yeah, absolutely. So I left it on. I left it, the phone. And down. then you acted for No, phone. I didn't act. Robin, I swear to my mother, I did not. Julie talked to Bobo. You swear to your mother? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Shuli talked to Bo. You're like a little kid. They should have given you a lollipop after you got drained. <laughs> Shuli talked to Bobo later that day. Bobo said he did something stupid after the treatment, but wouldn't say what it was. Shuli pressed him on it. Bobo finally admitted he had recorded a goodbye message to everyone in his life because he felt he was going to die from his finger infection. Here in an exclusive is Bobo's. This is after he had it yeah. drained. Yeah, this is Bobo's message. I just got back from the doctor's office. And I'm in a tremendous amount of pain due to an infection in my finger. And uh, the doc put a small needle into my finger to, where the infection is and squeezed the pus out. Ugh. And But there's a lot more in there, he said, which has to get surgically probably removed if it doesn't go away in a day or two. And the throbbing of the hand that's going up my hand and my arm, I just feel like it's going to go to my heart and kill me. And uh, I just feel this might be my last goodbyes. I really mean it. I'm not fucking around here. And, you know, I love my family. And, you know, I, I don't know what I, they would be lost without me. I'm like the glue that holds them together. And Howard, you know, picking up on me all these years and putting up on my phone calls. And, and the fans, you know, the ones who hate me, the ones who love me, you know, I just... This is really tough on me right now. You know, when you get to this plateau in life, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> plateau. You know, this could be the end. And uh, I just want to say, man, you're a great guy. You've always been in my corner, and I thank you for it. Good Lord. But this fucking pain, man. I just got a, pain, a shot in my ass to, to help subside the pain that I have in my finger. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. You know, I, I, I got to. They cut off your hand, Bobo. I got to again Let say, me, I got go no ahead. message like this from Robin after she had actual cancer. I didn't even get a message like you that. You saw me a day after I my know. surgery. I didn't hear any of this. Did you hear that? I never uh, complained a bit. And what's with that whole. Listen. He's like, uh, 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 I'm the glue uh, that holds uh, my family oh, together. Oh, uh, oh, man. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, hey, Bobo Doctor Puppet. I had to shoot a, a needle up my ass. <laughs> Bobo <laughs> Puppet, on the one hand, you say they gave you nothing, and then you say there was a needle in your ass. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Whoops. I screwed up. <laughs> I, I have walk disease. That's where your that whole was... body starts turning into a rock, and it starts with your brain. Wow. Uh, uh, this is what they told uh, me, okay? Uh, because of the staph uh, infection was so severe, all severe. right? The, the pus started to dry in He's there. He's lying right there, Howard. Uh, Why, Robin? He, had a press he would be in the hospital if that was the case. And no, they'd be giving him you. IV antibiotics. I am on antibiotics. I'll tell you right now. I'm on IV antibiotics. He doesn't know what you mean. How do you spell no, IV? I'm on opioids. I got pus finger. 
I, I have a oh, man, dude, have man people. up. I mean, you, I have you know, pus finger. I have hard feces disease. Alex, soldiers, soldiers, soldiers dying at Normandy were less dramatic when they had bullets what? in them. When he pressed down on the to try to get the dry pus, that that killed me. They kept spraying that cold spray on it, and I'm telling you, the pain was. He even said, "My doctor, he says you're not going to like this. It's going to be the worst pain you ever experienced." And he was right. It was horrible. Look, I've taken back. care of children who didn't cry as much. Uh, this is hard. I had a bad infection, Robert. My finger was like three times. Uh, well, I'm glad you lived. Thank and, you. Uh, congratulations. But it wasn't yeah. that bad, Howard. Like I said, if it was that bad, he'd be in the hospital. Oh, come on, Robin. You're downplaying it. By I'm, the way, uh, Bubba, what does what does plateau mean? It means a, a, a different uh, stage in life. You're in a new plateau, like a seniorhood, you know, when you yeah, see, like, you know, like a yeah, mesa. Like right. <laughs> well, you know, when you get all that, right, Bobo. Glad you live. knocking out my door, but I'm not answering. And Robin's right. You're so... You're so dramatic. If you were really in danger, you know, of an infection through your body, they don't let you out and just put you on regular antibiotics. They put you on what's called IV antibiotic. They hook you to an IV, intravenous. Well, I'm on Tramitol, right, which is a opioid right. for the pain. I'm on Tramitol. I'm on the, <laughs> You're traumatized. I'm on Tramitol. So yeah. I need Tramitol from this phone call. All right, thank you. I might have munchlotion disease or something. Well, I'm excited. Our guests are here. Ooh. And uh, so I got to get ready for that. We'll find out who it is now. Like I said, I never thought I'd see them in the studio together. I never would. I never could have believed it in a million years. So many guesses. The one I knew of wasn't Sonny and Cher. I said, I know it's not yeah. that. Yeah, somebody actually gets Sonny and Cher, and that would be a physical impossibility unless we wheel in Sonny's corpse, which I, I'm not against doing. I would do it if the family wasn't so uptight. Uh, but that's a ridiculous guess. It's like, hey, I know who it is. It's the original Leonard Skinnerd. <laughs> yeah, Jay, what's the guess? Best duo I could think of would be Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. Well, you stay tuned. Who knows? Mm. Who do you think it is, George? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you today? Go ahead. How about Simon Powell and Imus? Only you could have them in mm. the studio and blowing you simultaneously. That would be perfect. Simon Cowell and Imus. Why would I yeah. do that? And Imus. What a horrible duo. Yeah, I mean, who, we never saw them together anyway. I mean, it, it, it makes no sense. What's the fucking matter with that guy? Simon Cowell and Imus. It's actually Richard Simmons and his maid. I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> wow. All right. I guess I should. Um, I get. Hmm. I guess I should take a break, huh? You must. Yeah. And then uh, Eric, the actor, and Johnny Frotto will come in here and entertain you. <laughs> All right. We'll be back right after uh, these words with my guest. This. All right, I'm going to make a Howard. thank you. Yeah. I love Howard. What is he doing? Well, I am excited today. Why am I excited? Because I never thought I'd see what I'm seeing in front of me right now. 
I have been quiet all morning about this. People have been guessing. Some people believe I'm about to introduce Sonny and Cher, which would be a miracle. Because Sonny died. <laughs> a, a while ago. A while ago. So a miracle or something horrifying. That's so true. I never thought I'd be saying this. And, you know, this is kind of crazy to me because, uh, well, let me just say who's sitting here. Sitting together for the first time in I don't know how many years. Hold hands, guys. Oh, must be killing you. Oh, my God. They actually touch each other? <laughs> Did you guys touch each other? Anybody want to uh, disinfect it? <laughs> sitting here are the two founding members, the guys who started it all. Chris and Rich Robinson, who started the Black Crows many, many years ago. You are in the same room, and you're here today to announce what, Chris? We're announcing that the Black Crows are together, and that we're going on tour next uh, next summer. We're playing the Bowery Barroom tonight. How did this happen, wow. boys? This is a miracle. I don't care what you tell me. This is a small. I miracle. mean, he's saying like he's saying it like he doesn't believe. It. <laughs> uh, Rich, first of all, uh, this is a miracle. How does this happen that you and Chris, you guys, I love your band. I love the Black Crows. I think and um, your brothers and your brothers and we're brothers and and Rich, isn't it something of a miracle when two guys born to uh, into a family? actually can write and perform music together i mean to me it's a billion to one shot am i right or am i wrong i think you know i think you're right yeah you know i think ultimately we share a similar experience you know from two different perspectives obviously but but, 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 but having that growing up listening to that same music sort of being in that family and then bringing that together it's an amazing story to me because yeah. there are very few brothers. And the way I look at you two guys, you filled in each other's kind of missing parts. That, um, Rich, you can play the guitar. Chris, you had no interest in playing guitar, but Chris was the singer. Chris could, could do melodies, could come up with lyrics, and you could come up with these fabulous riffs and this music. What are the fucking odds? Of, you know, it's one thing that Keith Richards found Mick Jagger. But they weren't born into the same family. They were at the same shop. And they <laughs> but it, it's amazing. And we it, like like I always think of the guys in Oasis. They can't get along at all. And it's legendary that the Robinson brothers, as great as you guys are together, you could never really be in the same room. Chris, I had you on two years ago. I don't know. I said. You said some shitty things. I said some horrible things. You said some bad things. I was in a negative place but you know you know what i've apologized to rich about that how did this come about that you two guys even started talking you hadn't talked in what four years you said it's i know six years six years i no longer have a brother uh, he doesn't exist you can't stand each other you don't want to be in a room together and here you are <laughs> sitting in my studio you know, i mean you know lots of stuff i mean in my life uh I just found my, you know what I mean? A lot of things have changed for me in the last two years. You know, I was in a relationship that was failing. I was in a negative place. I was dealing with depression. You know, when I'm sitting over here, like, why am I saying bad things about my brother? Why am I, why did I even say something bad about John Mayer or whatever? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny, but, but also it didn't, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, well I last time we were here, you were here with your wife. <laughs> my ex-wife. Well, th now she's your ex-wife, but at yeah. the time she was your wife, I, I thought you guys were as tight as tight could be. It's showbiz, Howard. You've seen people come in here. And what went wrong in the marriage time. before we get to your brother? <laughs> what, what happened there? It was just, you know, we, it was just not, 
Not happening. Not know. happening. It has to be great. All jokes. I'm sorry to hear that because I know you had a young child together. But that's and- the thing. I mean, the kid, it, but you know, you, you, you make some big changes in your life. I mean, I found, I mean, I, I have an amazing partner, amazing, uh, you have a new girlfriend, new girlfriend, everything uh, good there. It's been going on for a couple of years. It's incredible. Right. I mean, a big part of like helping me like, you know, leave behind some, uh, negative things and like look at oh well you know depression and those kind of things I were mean, you clinically depressed did you have to go to a psychiatrist and, and, and say hey i, I think i'm a, suffering I have, I have a therapist that i've been working with for a long time and 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 was there an epiphany in therapy where you said you know what i miss my brother i don't know what the fuck i'm doing this guy is you know i don't think i had an epiphany like that i think you know given the what what always happens is communication. I don't know. You know what I mean? I can only guess Rich is doing it, you know, and he's, you know, and the only thing he's hearing from me is like my negative bullshit about him on your <laughs> He's going, well, Chris hasn't changed the bit. <laughs> yeah, like completely. Right. But you know what's funny? Like that, what you said is like, you know, uh, change, you know, and to be, I just think. Rich's both of our trajectories since we've haven't been in in a band together. You know, I'm so busy with the CRB and trying to make this happen and writing the songs and really enjoying myself. And I needed to go into the wilderness. I needed to deconstruct the that first part of my life and and the the good, the bad, the indifferent, all of it. Right? I mean, I think that's a true part of the artist, at least in my artistic waking life. Well, what He's happens? doing the same thing, you know, but we're just don't we're you know, Rich has has his band. And I think being rich, Rich, did you miss your brother? I mean, Chris is a, one of the best front men. I, I truly believe your songs together are some of the best rock songs ever written. I believe Chris is a front man extraordinaire. Uh, your guitar playing is great. The riffs you come up with. It's a great team. Were you missing your brother or had you just had, had you been fed up with the fighting and all of the nonsense? I, I was definitely fed up with the fighting, you know, and uh, it's it was it was unhealthy, you know, but it was unhealthy for a lot of reasons. And the cool thing about doing what I did, putting, you know, together a solo band and then putting together this other band and working and getting outside of that, you know, what they call the submarine, you know, of the Black Crows that we just did this one thing for so long. Would it upset you when Chris is out on the road with his own band doing Black Crows songs? Uh, because he's the uh, singer, would you say, hey, wait a second, those are my songs too. How come he gets to go out and do these? Uh, no, I did them too. Right. You did I mean, them as to well. me, it was, you know, we both, there are expression, you know, we both wrote them. Right. It was cool with me. Uh, but it was just more the, the constant ragging. <laughs> right. What is it with brother? I, I thank God every day that I have a sister. She's four years older than me. I have no brother. I have no desire to have a brother. I didn't want the sibling rivalry. I wanted attention from my parents. I know that about me. And there wasn't a lot of attention to be gotten. And if I had to share that with a brother, I probably would have fucking killed him. I really would have. I mean, psychologically, I get it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think also, you know, the everything, it's perspective, right? Like we were talking about. Something happened when we were kids and we put, you know, we were called Mr. Crow's Garden and we're in Atlanta and rock and roll is everything, you know? What are the chances... We get the opportunity. We, you know, make Shaker Moneymaker, you know, millions and millions of people around the world, you know, that music means something to them. We, we catch a similar vibration. And then you're on the treadmill, you know what I mean? And then it's like all this other stuff. And I think Rich and I were, you know, again, 
<clears throat> it's hard to speak. I don't ever want it to sound negative. And recently, I've I've, I've looked at it even more like, oh wow, how could I ever have uh, let myself? I wouldn't be a person, a regretful person, but how could I look with any resentment towards the experience that we've had? Right. You know what I mean? Well, it's hard I'm, to imagine yeah, for a, those of us who have not gotten to experience being in a successful rock band, which is such rarefied air. The, the fantasy is I keep anything to keep that going, you know, because it's so fuck it's such a cool way to make a living. But the music is good, but life still comes and you and it hurts and there's still loss and there's still joy, you know, all the good stuff. But I think also we were just in a place of like, you know, keep it going, make the money because everyone's making money off right. of what Rich and I are doing. And you know what? To be honest, Rich and I never had the i'm we're complete opposites i'm sagittarian he's gemini rich is far more grounded i'm always my dyslexic self i'm always off the ground a little bit you know and i yeah. know that i know my limitations but i think it would have been you know we just didn't have any we didn't have any wherewithal to stop and like kind of evaluate yeah meet me and him did anyone you know? ever suggest that the two of you and i'm not making a joke go into couples therapy because yeah. to me, it's like a marriage, you know, it, just because you were born into the it's same family. Exactly. It's a relationship. And because it was hard for you, you guys weren't given the tools to negotiate a, a brotherly love. You, you, you didn't you have the tools really at that time to uh, deal with success in the same way. Right. Now you can go on YouTube and someone will tell. I'm just kidding. You know, yeah. <laughs> no, but but seriously, what, wouldn't that have been a good idea yeah. if you guys had gone into couples therapy so that you could negotiate this thing? But I guess at the time you think, ah, fuck I, it. I think also, you know, like part of wasn't that part of the shtick? You know what I mean? Like and I think people like played up to that to, you know, like, well, you you know, and granted, rock and roll and the kind of music we made, a lot of it. Especially when you're younger, was, you know, that push and pull. Well, stuff I'll tell was, you the was, truth. One of the things I liked about Black Crows, especially when you guys were coming up, that you kind of, I, I probably wasn't good for your career, but you did piss on other bands. You were totally fucking honest about it. It was an attitude. It was like, well, where the fucking... Lots of bands were that way then. Now yes. it's more... But I like the attitude. It was like, fuck everyone There's else. There's a name for it, by the way, Howard. What, what do they it? call it? Georgia Guff. The Georgia Guff. The Georgia yeah. Guff. They, no, they but get I mean, a little it's, guff. But it's also, don't bands have to have a certain attitude like, hey, I don't want to be a fucking sellout like that band or this band. We fucking like the Stones. We don't like this. We don't. You kind of know your identity. And part of your identity is, hey, we don't take shit well, from anybody. Defiance. You yes. know what I mean? Like, and now, you know, you see in, a, in the world today, it's only compliance and people are so safe to only promote things. And I would, you know, yes. people, when you get them in private, <laughs> they'll let you know who that, what they like and what they don't like. We were just, or me personally, as the mouthpiece was just never clever enough to not say something, whether not out of, you know, cruelty or whatever, just out of, like you said, like we were, we were talking about it. Isn't there's still millions of people who want their rock and roll bands to have a little bit of, you a know, a little bit what? of anger. Yeah. And a little bit of just like, you know, they can't be that way in their life. You know what I mean? And part of being an artist, part of being, a, you know, the, 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 the thousands of friends I have in bands, the, I mean, at, 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 at our home in Marin County, there's 10,000 vinyl records in there. You know what I mean? It's not right. like, <laughs> did you ever find yourself? You know, in an interview and you're just full of like brash and bravado and you realize you're pissing on even some of your heroes like, you know, 
I think back on some of the days, shit that I've said on the radio because I got to fill four hours, and I go, "How the fuck did I make fun of that guy?" That's you know, I remember even making fun of like Led Zeppelin, and I love fucking Led Zeppelin. You know, I just adore that band. It's it, it brought me many pleasurable moments as a, a I lonely think kid. Parts of it as well is like a, is is to you know the the the, the uh, disciple guru. You have to destroy the thing that that you loved so much. You know what yeah. I mean? Like at a, you know at a, uh, we when we started, REM would have been the band that we really looked up to the most. We were from Atlanta; they're from sixty miles away. They were, you know, back in the eighties. It was called. It wasn't alternative. It was indie rock, and we, right. you know, we loved the Replacements, a band that were famous for fucking it up. You know right. what I mean? Like right. the best Replacement show. They didn't even play a song. They came out and threw up, and then it was a thing. We were like, yeah, yeah, you know, like Rich. Would you get up because Rich, you're a quieter kind of guy than Chris. Would you get upset when Chris would go out and do interviews and piss on some of these people, uh, people who might have been heroes of yours or other artists? Did it drive you insane? Is that what was going on in your head at the time? I think it never really drove me insane. I mean, I think it drove people around us a little wacky. But I, I think it, it comes from an absolute belief in what we do and the and the reverence and regard that we held for the bands that we loved. And then you get out there and you see it's sometimes it's not what you thought it was and i think there's a hurt there you know what i mean when you yeah. talk to people that sort of are angry and that anger and that sort of you know that shit that comes out i think ultimately it's like wow i'm really bummed that my idol is just kind of you know taking the easy way out or maybe listening playing to backing tapes or whatever it may be like if you guys ran into zz top now I, we're great for i'm great are friends you good with friends billy with, you are yeah for many oh, many I years thought they were pissed off at you because no, you made fun like of their you corporate said, on sponsor the radio, right. you know what i mean like yeah. if it's a lot it's funny i mean i've known billy gibbons for many years now and right. when we see each other it's always <laughs> i didn't like, know that yeah 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 uh, no kidding I mean, like, it, like our first Rolling Stone interview in 1990, we, you know, when I was a kid, I was 23 years old. I had to open for Robert Plant and Steven Tyler as two, crazy, you know, iconic front people. And I'm up there running around. What? Please pay attention to me. Right. But the first interview, we were at the Paramount Hotel in Times Square with Rolling Stone. And I, and I was shocked at the time <laughs> that, that anyone these cared. legends, like, had to, and by the way, I could say it because I love Robert Plant. He's like... Uh, you know, incredible. Don't Steven you call Tyler. him Uncle Bob? <laughs> Steven Tyler, incredible. But at the time, they would use a little bit of backing tapes. And my naivete or just, like, I didn't even really realize, like, the power of my words. Right. And I was like, man, these guys are legends. And they're, like, pressing a button. Next thing I know, Robert Plant's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you, you busted me. <laughs> <laughs> but he told me right. subsequently that that made him rethink what he was doing actually and he was like and he like never went back to that you know it's a good point it's true i mean and here, joe perry like you know aerosmith you know we probably said some disparaging things about <laughs> the aerosmiths back then and you love those guys love them yeah. still listen to to aerosmith and joe like called me two years ago and asked me to uh, write a song on his solo record and i did a gig with them you know what i mean so right they, they, they always know, forgive and forget but you made a point. I mean, th 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 you made it publicly, but you said, hey, I'm shocked. I'm a young singer. I'm in a rock band. I worship these guys. We go out and play with them. By the way, and, I was 23. The right. And <laughs> half the show's on fucking tape. People are playing for live experience. It was depressing. It was depressing. Yeah. Well, you expect, you know, I think one thing Rich and I will, no matter what we were going through, it's the same thing with like Shake Your Money Maker. Right. You, like this project. 
Yeah, by the way, the guys are here, and the reason they're, they're what, what they're doing is they're going to do this tour. You're going to do the whole first album all the way through, right? In yeah, order? Yeah. In order. And wow, so that's we, a very cool experience. We never even did it when it came out. So. No, because some songs you don't put in your set list. And we were, our, we were always playing new songs. You Shake know, Your even, Money Maker, do you think that's your best album? What I is your best album? It was the most successful one. And, right. And it was our first one. Right. I mean, I was 19. When we made that record. How hard is it to go back and relearn those songs? Is it difficult, or do you, they come back to you like There's that? There's some songs like Strut and Blues that we had not played since 1990, so we were like looking at each other. You so know? when I go see this concert, you, you two boys, should you get along, we will be on the stage together. <laughs> we, get, we get along. No one's going to be wheeled out like Hannibal Lecter and, uh, <laughs> or anything like that. I thought maybe that's what was going on. No, no, they no. wheel you guys out in cages. <laughs> but, it's uh, nice. Well, I think, but, but how did this come about? about? How did this come about, Chris? We, Rich and I still... No matter what, Georgia Guff or whatever, we believe the, the you know, the gift. You know, there's magic in being able to be a part of music. There's magic in the music that we make, magic in the music that we listen to, with the musicians that we've got to play with that we still know, and you know what I mean. Like it, it, so that that's always you still a, love rock and roll, and uh, more than ever right now, I think. Right, and you want to perform, and and the thing is. I guess people are wondering, how does this really come about? You hadn't talked in six years. <clears throat> Someone had to pick up the phone or somebody had to have their management contact the other guy's management. How does, who has this idea that we could actually get along and be in a band together again? We have a, we have a friend that, that we, that is in between us and does it well. His name's Greg. I thought it was Dr. Phil. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, all right. So and Greg. We call, and we called Greg. And who's, I just, who, who picked up the phone and called Greg? Well, we both did. Right interestingly at, at different same, times uh -huh. like right but right around the same time and 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 you know look i i was going out playing you know songs you know in my new band and playing crow songs because a lot of the guys from the crows are in my band and and no matter what it is there's that half of me that was missing right and and so in that same sense although it was great to play with those guys and those guys are brilliant and it was cool and fun but there's it's almost like the more i del delved into that the more it was obvious there was a, a glaring omission, which was my brother. Right. And, uh, for, you know, for six or seven years, things happen. You go through things. You're like, wow, I wish I, I wish I could talk to Chris about this, but I can't. And so I just. Were you at Chris's wedding, for example? No. <clears throat> no. I mean, to miss that and not even to know each other's kids or anything well, like that. The kids. That's the other thing. You know, the family, you know, we lost our dad not seven years ago. Did you, know, you guys both go to the funeral together? Uh, well, we were there when he passed. I was with, with the family. Did you guys see each other when that happened? We were in we the were, same we were, room. We were oh, you were in the, in the same room. House, was yeah. it uncomfortable? Oh, it was, it was no, beautiful. It was, you were able to talk to one another? We were on tour. I see. But we played the, the last time night. I mean, oh, oh, you did? Okay. I so mean, music, going. but that, you know, musicians, you know, when you, loss and love, I mean, that's what we do. You, you conflicted I mean? about your dad, Chris. I mean, your, your dad was one of those guys. Your dad wanted to be a singer. I mean, he was a singer. He had a minor hit record and, and stuff growing up. Yeah. That's how you, you probably got the music bug, and maybe it's in of the blood. Who knows? But your father would would say to you, "You can't sing for shit." <laughs> I know. You're not, you, I, you so know. I have now that he's gone. Of course, you know. Rich and I were talking about it the other day, and 
at our at our house, Camille put pictures up of the family, which I didn't have. And now I walk downstairs, and there's da- me, me, you, and Dad in the dressing room with Jimmy Page at Roseland. And I'm like, Jimmy's not in the picture, just. Right. But I'm like, there's Dad every day now. You know, it's like, but like you said, I want to pick up the phone and call him. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Georgia beat Florida. You know what I mean? Like that would be a big thing in our house. You know? <laughs> how do you? We, how, we what were is talking this? about this with Dad, and you know, he was he was an old school professional entertainer right so like we were we were saying you know chris used to when prince was on american bandstand you know the first time dad was like oh that's horrible you <laughs> yeah, know what right. i mean like there would be things you know we'd play he's not gonna be an a and r guy i'll tell you <laughs> that <Yeah. laughs> you know but but in his mind it was like you look at the you look at the audience you speak clearly or whatever it was a very old school way of looking at and things, we're punk right? rock indie rock kids yeah. with, but that love roots music you right know? and so what we were into I think dad approached it from his mentality coming from the 50s, you know. Yeah. And and the old man didn't get you too in a, in a sense, right? <laughs> I mean, he just he just didn't get you. But was he he was physically abusive too, wasn't no, he? No, no. No, just verbally. We were scared to death of him. He was a big guy, but <laughs> right. no, he never smacked us around. Never, but but he just was kind of like, uh, you too. He was just critical. He right. Was critical. And I think his I do think that his ten his short tenure in the in the music business what was he his hit song? He had a sort of a minor dip dip. dip 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 boom dip 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 boom All right, dip. listen, it's catchy. It's on the fifties channel. Sometimes right. you can catch it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think he realized also like the music business is disgusting. You know what I mean? It is, it's <laughs> like hard, you, and he was frustrated by yeah. it. And yeah. when you when we sat down, you're like, "What are the?" I mean, it's like trying to get to the NBA or the NFL or whatever. It's a pretty small it's chance. And then you get there, and then to be sitting here 30 years later, I mean, next year's 30 years. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, you're saying, I think part of the project or what appealed to Rich and I as well is like, we don't have to bite off too much. You know what I mean? It's like, we don't have to decide what's the direction of the band. Where are we going? We both agree. Shake Your Bunny Maker is a, a great record. It's our, great. you know, we want to celebrate our most commercial part of our life and the most like just pure rock and roll part of our life so take me back greg this this uh, guy who's like jesus greg your friend (laughs) he you guys had both been talking to Greg. one fish one loaf of bread he's feeding everybody (laughs) it's unbelievable this greg we should brought greg in poor greg he's getting these phone calls from both of you and he picks up the vibe that maybe the timing is right for you guys to talk yeah, I think I called him and I just said, he's like, how's it going out there? I'm like, it's good. I just, it would be really cool if Chris was here. He goes, you know what? He just called me the other day and said the same thing. Were you jealous in the sense that this guy Greg gets to speak to Chris? No, were you starting no, to- no, 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 not at all. Were you ever jealous that your brother got to be the front man or were you perfectly happy with that arrangement? Chris is brilliant at it and yes. I'm not. Yeah. And I knew that early on. <laughs> yeah. And, but you also knew that you could play the guitar and Chris couldn't. Well, that's where I love to be. Right. I don't have to talk. So I can arra- play. The arrangement is so perfect. Like, do you guys look at like, I'm, I'm thinking of the guys from Oasis, those two brothers. They can't fucking get in the room either. Do you look at them and go, oh, they're ridiculous. They should just get together. No, and, and, of course not. I, I completely. We toured with them. That must have been. And we freaked them out. Yeah. Yeah. They, they couldn't like, believe whoa. how much you guys fought. They were like, whoa, that was that was even intense for us. Is there, when you guys would get into physical fights, there were rules, right? You couldn't hit each other in the face. That yeah. was the one rule. That was pretty right? much our rule. Would fuck up kick the him in the shin, elbow him in the, in the throat or whatever, oh but God. no face. 
Look, Howard, you know, when you when you have these kind of good looks. I yeah, mean, you, know. you don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> that was another thing. We had to take our music seriously because we just didn't want to coast on the good looks. You, you know, know, and like, you can't break your brother's fingers because he's got to play the guitar. <laughs> and he can't kick you in the throat because you got to sing. No, no, but we really wanted to hurt each other. Who is the better fighter when you guys would physically fight? <laughs> I, I, I would say Rich, right? Because Rich know. looks like a bigger kind Rich, of guy. Tell him, tell him the but truth. But Chris, you have the height. What's the truth? Be honest, Rich. I, when we were kids, I used to smack guys around who picked on you. Yeah, he did. I mean, I'm skinny and little, but my that was one thing my dad was like, listen, you get over here. Yeah. You're going to have to knuckle up sometimes growing up down south, being little. And yeah. with that, you're weird. I'm weird and I have a mouth. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, how nice of your father to teach you how to fight. Because little did he know he'd be using it on your brother. <laughs> so who won most of the fights? Did, 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 yeah, I don't come know. on, like, let me no know. one won really. If you think about it, I mean, we wouldn't really take it to the death blows. You right. know what I mean? It no one ever a... ended up in the hospital. No. no, 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 no. What kind of fighting is that? See, no big deal. <laughs> so you're saying when you were on tour with uh, Oasis, they freaked out. Oh, you, your fights were so loud and vicious that they were yeah. like, "Gee, these." We got a, we got a really big fight and um, at Meriwether Post. Oh, yeah. Chris was late to sound check and everyone was freaking out. And so he and I got into it and our tour manager walked outside and Liam and Noel were outside the door going, listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, they need help. They're like, holy shit. I mean, like Don and Phil Everly, they didn't like each other. Oh. Ray and Dave Davies, they had issues. Legendary with brothers, but I kind of get it. I mean, it's just the way, you know, brothers... It's hard in families to get along. By it the really way, if we, ever, if we had it to do over again, I wouldn't change anything. You know really? I mean? Yeah. Rich, you would. You wouldn't want to go through that again with the, the angst. experience teaches you, you know. A lot of times the, it's the harder things in life that really are the ones that have the lessons. Rich, were there days when you had to sit and write songs together? You guys are so magical writing songs together. But were there days you had a feeling in the pit of your stomach, oh, no, i got to be in the room with my that brother? That was always where it, all that went away. How writing does the songs always was our, like, you know what? It was too. We didn't have anyone else around to fuck with us. We didn't have anybody from management or the other guys in the band or anyone with any sort of thing Agenda. like to keep us yeah. divide and conquer or anything that would, you know, be like you can't do that. Don't do that. You, he should be doing this. You know, like third, like things chipping in your ear about the other one from other people when it was he and I writing songs. We're How old were you guys when you first start writing songs? Like literally teenagers. Teenagers. Fifteen. Were the first songs pretty good or was it just crap? <laughs> they were brilliant. They were brilliant. <laughs> right from the start. They were first some... thing amazing. No. Well, how does the process start? Weak com I don't know if they were that good. I don't no, know. Rich, did you have any good. formal training with no. uh and Chris, you had no singing training, no. right? You My just... dad showed me three chords and said, That's that's all I'm gonna do. <laughs> Really? Didn't have the patience for it. And when you start writing together, would you guys be in a room together yeah. trying to work it, it was, out? Or would you just go off separately? What would happen? A lot of times we'd be in a room or, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's songs like She Talks to Angels we wrote at our at our mom and dad's house still. I, you know what I mean? I, Rich was still at home. I was in high school. God, that's such a magical process. That's the part and I think I would you would... And I would drive back to the house when mom and dad were gone. <laughs> Do you guys think the the... the, the the legendary battles and all the all the troubles is it exacerbated by drugs is, is the drug culture of rock bands so much i mean the coke the the pot the this the that after 